Hoopball Podcast listeners. Are you a fantasy expert and want to write or podcast for Hoopball? Do you have aspirations of covering a team? Are you a master of sales and want to earn some cash on the phones? Well, we've got good news. Hoopball's recruiting. If you think you have what it takes, hit us up at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or by emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Again, that's at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. The following is a Hoopball presentation. What is going on, Hoop Ball Clipper Nation? This is the Hoop Ball Clippers Podcast. Brandon Marcus here. A pleasure to have you with us. We have made it. The NBA playoffs are upon us. Recording this on Sunday night, our guest on this evening's podcast will be Justin Wilson of LA Clippers Film on Twitter. He breaks down everything from A to Z. He is tremendous at what he does. He knows his hoops, and I'm excited to talk Clippers basketball with him as we look forward to this Clippers-Mavericks first round series. You heard me break down with Lawrence Brooks of the Hoopball Mavericks podcast a couple of days ago. We previewed it. We're going to preview this one from more of a Clippers side of things. Talked about the Clippers and the Mavericks in that pod. Going to go more Clippers-centric in this one as the Clippers are the second biggest favorite to win the NBA title. Boy, it has been a long time since Clipper Nation has had this type of optimism to possibly get an NBA title. It's honestly, it's crazy. As someone that's been following this team and has been a fan of this team ever since the very early 2000s, a team that, frankly, we were thrilled to get into the playoffs. You remember those years of Corey Maggette and Darius Miles and Quentin Richardson, Elton Brand. It was a very fun team, but we weren't really sure if they could do anything. They made the playoffs. That was great. And then, of course, you got Lob City, and those teams were expected to make the playoffs and expected to do, to, to do something, and they never really did go far enough for the fans' liking. Well, now you've got Paul George, you've got Kawhi Leonard, and NBA title is within reach. So before we get to the conversation with Justin Wilson, you've heard me talk about the Lawnmower 3.0. But boy, I got to tell you, if you have not gotten this Lawnmower 3.0, I do not know what you are waiting for. I've talked about how once in a while you'll have an accident when you try and trim down there or maybe even trim, of course, your facial hair. You know, the beard is getting a little scraggly during these Corona times, but you know who has you covered. Of course, it's Manscaped. The best in men's below-the-belt grooming, they obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. It's unbelievable what they've done, honestly. It's a trimmer that I have, by the way, and I've used. And what they do is they have this perfect electric trimmer that features a cutting-edge ceramic blade, pardon me, to reduce manscaping accidents. So you feel comfortable when you're using this. And you think, okay, I well, what if I accidentally, you know, cut something? It's not going to really happen here unless, of course, there is the tiny possibility if you, you know, just just 
be careful, basically. When I tell you this is premium, though, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. This is way better than using those scissors. Their water-resistant technology allows you to groom in the shower, and they have this LED light which shines so you can see the area even better. Of course, once you have that 90 minutes, you're going to need to charge it. Well, you can use this incredible charging stand that is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. I want you to experience this firsthand. Of course, I've done it. I love it. I want you to have it now. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. All right, I got to tell you, man, I'm excited for the playoffs. I'm excited for Clippers basketball. I want to talk to Justin Wilson. I tease this as something that's probably going to happen every single week. When Justin was on last time, he was hyped to talk Clippers basketball. He said he would be here ideally every Sunday to break down the Clippers in the NBA playoffs. And he is true to his word before game one. He is here. We are ready for the playoffs to start. Justin, I am hyped. How about you? I'm, I'm hyped isn't the word. Uh, the Clippers um, socials put out like a trailer for the playoffs, which got me even more hyped. I'm ready. I'm ready. Tomorrow it begins. Let's go. I just mentioned it in the intro that I, I'm really not used to this as a Clipper fan because in the early 2000s, you had your Maggettis, your Brands, your Qs, even your Pyatkowskis. And you're like, all right, if this team make the playoffs, that's dope. That's great. That's cool. You know, they, they beat Denver in the first round. Oh, that's cool, man. Let, let's see what they can do maybe going forward. And then Lob City came and you got CP3, you got Blake, you got JJ, you got DJ. You're like, all right, this team should win a title. Like, they, they are good enough. They've got the best point guard. But now you're like, all right, I see what it takes to win a title. We have Kawhi. You got PG. You got yourselves two of the best sixth men in the NBA. This is a team that has the second best odds to win the NBA title. Dude, it's now getting to the point where you expect to win, which I'm not used to as a fan. Well, one of my favorite um, sites as far as NBA odds and predictions go, 538, currently has us as the favorites to win it all, which is probably the first time that that's ever been utterly mentioned as far as the Clippers being favorites over everyone to win the championship. So it's, um, it's truly a, it's truly a crazy time to be a Clipper fan. And, um, I mentioned it to you earlier before we got on that, um, it's, it puts into perspective, uh, what it really took to win a championship and what it really takes to win a championship because this squad is loaded and the squad, the Lob Cities, um, the mid-2000 Mike Dunleavy squads, we thought were really good. But, you know, there was no, there was no like Kawhi Leonard level first option on those teams. There was no Paul George level second option on those teams. So, you know, it, it's fun, and I can't wait to get started to see if what the pundits are predicting uh, is going to actually come to fruition. You know what's interesting when you bring that up, Justin, is that we got to the point with those Lob City Clippers that it kind of felt like you had those main four players, and then you were just kind of putting tape onto the wall and trying to make things stick and hope that it worked out. I mean, you were bringing in small forward after small forward after small forward to try and fit with this team. 
And then, of course, you had bench pieces that outside of Jamal Crawford, there's not a whole lot that you could rely on. And so you look at this team and you really take a step back and you realize, okay, you got the two guys you can go to late in Kawhi and PG. You got those two guys also that can help you on the defensive end. You got that guy that's a dog in Patrick Beverly that's going to rile these guys up. He's the floor general as well. You got Marcus Morris that can help you switch on defense. You got that rim protector in Zoo who is not just a dunker guy. He can help you down low defensively and also do a good job setting screens and help you offensively. Then you got the guys on the bench, of course, with Lou and Trez. And then you got Jermichael Green. You got Reggie Jackson now that can help you out in the backcourt. This team just is so much deeper than what we ever saw with the Lob City Clippers. Well, and not to make this a comparison of the podcast, of a comparison episode from Lob City and this iteration of the Clippers, the driven over Clippers, driven over given Clippers, if you want to say. Yeah. But one of the most arbitrary things you can look to is that there was no 25 point per game score on the Lob City Clippers. And that's an extremely basic way to look at it. But how many championship teams don't have a 25 to 30 point per game score on their team? And we never had one. And I think that kind of alludes to both Chris and Blake being really great players, but not prominent as elite scoring options that could carry us deep into the playoffs. And um, and they did. They really, in my opinion, maxed out and they were great. And as you said, um, management kind of failed them as far as putting together some support. Um, it makes no it may it's no coincidence to me that the front office changed. And as the front office changed, we almost overnight became one of the smartest teams in the league when it comes to working within working within the cap. You know, a big reason why the Clippers are the, who they are today is because they're paying Lou Williams pennies. They were able to pay Montrez Harold pennies and stuff like, and they were able to get zoo on one of the best deals in the NBA. I think John Hollinger this year called it the best deal in the NBA for what he brings. And so I think one of the trailblazing signs of a championship team is the way they manage the cap and they constantly find guys that outplay the deals that they're on. And there's no doubt that Lou Trez and zoo are doing that. And as the years go on, that's going to become even harder, which is why it's so important that they win it now because the depth the Clippers enjoy now is probably not going to be here next year. Yeah. It's not often that you get these guys on these friendly deals because eventually they're going to want more money. It's as simple as that. We even saw last year. I mean, you're, it's one of those things where you have guys and you just don't know how much they're going to ask for. And I mean, Lou Williams signed the friendliest of friendly deals right, with, right. with the Clippers. And, I mean, in that, that saved them, man. Well, like, I, I think one of the most popular things that, um, that took us through quarantine was the last dance. And you saw how much Scottie Pippen was making. And that was such a team-friendly deal, which allowed them to fill out the roster with guys that helped them win a championship. Steph Curry unintentionally signed a team-friendly deal that allowed the Warriors to field out a team that was full of depth that allowed them to win a championship. If you notice, the moment Steph Curry signed a $200 million deal, the Warriors' depth went to shit. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a trailblazing sign of a champion is with every championship that you win, um, 
the depth becomes harder and harder and harder to come by. And so um, kudos to this front office for striking gold on those deals. And hopefully we make the most out of it starting tomorrow. Yeah, and with the Clippers, I mean, you've got yourselves a deep team. And outside, really, of these LeBron James teams, most of the NBA champions have been pretty deep. They've got a balanced starting five, and then they've got guys off the bench they can rely on. So outside of the LeBron James, I'm with Matthew Delvadova, who works his ass off defensively. Um, I, there aren't many teams that LeBron has been on that you can go and look through the entire team and rely on it. I mean, you obviously had the Miami Heat teams with the big three, and you got guys that were helping out around them. But this Clippers team just is so deep that if one guy's having a bad night, you still have a chance to win a game, which is one thing that you can be really optimistic about, about this team. And so now we go forward to this Dallas series, and you're facing a team in Dallas that is one of the better offensive teams that we have seen. And they've got Luka Doncic, who is tremendous. I know your love of point guards. I know you love Trey Young, but Luka is tremendous. And then, of course, you have KP, but it goes back to what we were just saying with the balance. Outside of those two guys, there's not a lot that scares you. And so when I look at this series beforehand, I said to you on Twitter, I think that Dallas really is the one team out of all those teams the Clippers could have faced that you had the best chance to sweep. Going into it, I think that Dallas can maybe take a game, but I'm curious to see where you are right now as you look at this series. Um, I would, I would, I think the Clippers are capable of sweeping these Mavericks. And I think because the format is every other day, I think it would behoove them to sweep so that they can get as much rest as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, as you said, they are they are really shallow. Um, it's all it's really all Luka Doncic, and I mean I'm a huge fan of Luka. He's 21, averaging 30, 10, and 10. You know, and he's been even better in the bubble, and he makes everything go for them. I think even Rick Carlisle was commenting on his defensive improvement in the bubble, which is great for him because he's he was horrible. He's been horrible for most of his career, but yeah, I mean. You gotta you gotta look at Porzingis. He's shooting the ball well in the bubble. I think he's averaging like thirty three a game over the eight games in the bubble, or something close to that. Um, but the Clippers, I think, just have too many guys that they can throw on Luca to slow him down and make him as inefficient as possible. And because of that, I think this is a quick series. Um, Dallas is without Jalen Brunson. They they are without Dwight Powell. Two guys that made them go. Um, and that's not to be dismissive of Dallas. They have, historically speaking, they have the best offense of all time. And their point differential and net rating for most of the year was top three in, in the Western Conference and in the NBA. So this is a team that um, is powerful offensively, but they aren't there defensively. They aren't fully healthy. And Willie Cauley-Stein is another guy who was a usable body who didn't make it to the bubble for them. So... This is this is a series that the Clippers should handle. Um, they've got guys like Kawhi and PG who are on fire in the bubble. And as a team, they are just leaps and bounds better. And anybody, everybody's been saying it, so I'm not saying anything new about, about this being the worst possible matchup for the Dallas Mavericks. So I'm thinking four. Um, if the Clippers uh lose some sort of focus maybe five but it should be no longer than five does dallas's offense worry you because you've got these guys that can get hot i mean we can see a game where 
Luca conceivably puts up 35, 15, and 12 or something and gets a triple-double, and KP is great from deep, and the Clippers are struggling to figure out a way to defend him on the perimeter because Zoo can't handle it. I was talking to the Hoopball Mavs guy a couple of days ago, and I really think that Jermichael Green may end up playing a decent role in this series, or the Clippers may even go smaller and have guys like Marcus Morris, for example, play the five if they really want to go super small and defend KP on the perimeter. But does the offense overall worry you at all for Dallas? Yeah, that's the only worry. I think I think you guys took the words right out of my mouth because I think that that would be a route that the Mavericks would take if they wanted to make this series competitive. Um, Porzingis is shooting so well in a bubble that um, it, it's kind of worrisome if if he catches the ball on a trail or a pick and pop and Zoo isn't able to get out there and Porzingis hits like four threes and the Mavericks as a team hit like a ton of threes, um, that their offense, you're not going to stop the Dallas Mavericks. They are that good offensively. So any night can be their night. And, you know, Tim Hardaway has shot the shit out of the ball this year. Mm -hmm. And so they've got some offensive firepower there that can really, really scare you on any given night. And so, to me, that just makes the onus on the Clippers to make sure that they're focused because Dallas is a team that if you aren't bringing it, you're susceptible because they are that good offensively. And I think your guys' call of Jermichael Green playing a big role in this series could potentially come to fruition, who, by the way, is another guy who the Clippers got below market value. And it's pretty clear that that is the source behind this team's greatness is their depth and their depth is because they're paying everyone next to nothing. Yeah. And everyone was watching Jermichael Green before the season started. We were waiting to see if the Clippers would sign him because he was so pivotal in that series against the Warriors that the Clippers knew and the Clippers fans knew that Jermichael Green was going to be a key piece. And then when he ended up signing that dotted line, it was a big coup for the Clippers. And, and I got to tell you something that might be interesting, Justin, is I wonder if that does happen where you start to see Porzingis step out and start doing something from the perimeter if the Clippers decide to go zone because they have done that before this season. We've seen the Clippers go zone several times. I wonder if that's something that they would do. Um, I, I, I think Dallas shoots a little too well for them to go to it consistently. Right. You may see it. You may see it in some in some iterations. Um, I I think they are far more likely to downsize with Trez yeah. and Jamichael to get out there. And I think um, if that if we see zone, it won't be for mo- for long, just because Dallas has just enough shooting to get the Clippers out. Um, Maxi Kleber can shoot it. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith is a, is a solid shooter from the corners, and he's also a really good defender as well. And so is Maxi, um, but yeah, they shoot it just a little too much to make for me to be comfortable enough with the Clippers in zone against them. But I wouldn't be shocked if you saw it for like a possession or two. Yeah, I, I was just thinking that maybe that's because you have Kawhi and PG on the perimeter, and that could maybe help you with the way those guys switch. But uh, I'm not sure if they would do that. But just something that maybe I could see Doc trying to just throw something at the Dallas Mavericks as they're on a run, possibly. And they get flustered when they don't know what to do with it. And that stops the run as they miss a couple of shots. But who knows? You mentioned Trez. How are you feeling about Trez going into this series? Because I think, personally, he's going to obviously play tomorrow. 
I think that he'll probably play around 15 to 20 minutes. There's no need to force the issue with a guy that has not played a basketball game in a very long time. The last thing you want to do is have him get hurt, if you, especially if you do not need him. Fitness will be something you monitor. It's fitness, how he's playing, and of course, what the score is. But I don't see him playing more than 15 to 20 minutes. What are you, What's your take on Trez going into this series? Because it's an odd one with someone that's coming back and we haven't seen yet during the bubble. I think that what the minute allocation that you suggested just now is probably going to be where we find Trez. And I think a big part of that is obviously him being quarantined and not being able to play in any of the uh, seeding games. But another part of that is just how well Lou has played in the bubble. And I think for, I think I speak for a lot of Clipper fans when I say that we've wanted Doc to be a little bit more, have a little bit more faith in Zoo. And without Trez, he kind of had, has been forced to show that faith and Zoo has responded. And I think Zoo played, he, I think it was obvious how well he played in the bubble, especially in fourth quarters. And I think he's played well enough for Doc to feel comfortable enough to play him in the fourth quarter of playoff games. And I think we'll see that tomorrow, especially if the game's close. Um, I don't. I think because of Zoo's progression, I don't think it's a necessary need to overextend Trez, especially given how little he's played. He hasn't played at all. But I think, you know, Zoo has played well enough to warrant those fourth quarter minutes. And it's about time we trust him. And I think given what he's shown, he's ready for it. With Zoo, this has been something we've discussed so many times this season, Justin. And it's He's great defensively. He gets big rebounds. Do you wonder, I mean, this is obviously you want Montrez Harrell on the floor. He is a tremendous asset offensively. His energy is incredible. You just wonder if having Trez back maybe hurts a guy like Jermichael Green, who won't play as much as maybe he should, because he's been tremendous in the bubble. He's been great as a three-point shooter. I think he's done a great job rebounding the basketball as well. You just wonder with what the Clippers have developed over these eight games, if getting Trez back will maybe be a learning curve for this team and might cause them to slip up in a game or two during this series. You just wonder if that's maybe a possibility. Do you see that? Because you're going to try and incorporate this guy and you want to still, I don't know, if you incorporate him, does that mean, okay, now Zoo suddenly doesn't play very much? Because the last thing you want to do, man, is I see this happening. You get to the Lakers series, and everyone's clamoring for Zoo to play late, but Trez is back, and he's playing 18 straight minutes again. That's the one thing that worries me. Well, I, I think I tweeted this, that the Clippers, the Clippers are at a minute's crunch at the center position. Make no mistake about it, and somebody is going to get squeezed. Um, I tend to think that initially it may be Trez, but it, but it'll end up being Jamichael, and I think that'll be unfor- unfortunate, and hopefully that doesn't cost us. But I think that's a real there's a real chance there of that happening. And you know, Trez at his peak is tremendous. Zoo is tremendous. Jamichael is tremendous. Um, I'm glad that I'm not the coach that has to handle and, and that has to handle that because that's not that's not an easy thing to um, handle. And you know. I think they all warrant warrant playing time, and I I think it'll probably be matchup based moving forward. 
And so at any given moment, depending on how the game is going, depending on how foul trouble is going, I think Doc will be extremely fluid when it comes to the center rotation aside from Zeus starting. So um, we'll see how that plays out. But there's a minute crunch at the center position for sure. For sure. That's why you want to have Doc. He's just one of the best coaches. And so that's one reason why I'm thrilled to have him in my corner. We've talked about how last year was a tough coaching job. This is going to be a really tough one because he has a lot of guns there that he can use. And the question is, who does he use and when? And I think that'll be the hardest part of this entire run, Justin, is trying to figure out who to play and when. Because there are so many different combinations the Clippers can go to. They have so many different guards and so many different forwards they can go to. That will be the hardest thing to figure out. And and really, Justin, there is no easy answer. Well, not only not only is it no easy answer, part of why it's not in, or there's no easy answer is because we haven't seen any lineups this year. I think the Clippers have been healthy for like fully healthy for like 12 games this year or something like that. Yeah. Um, he hasn't even doc hasn't even had the chance to experiment with all, with these different lineups that'll be available to him. Hopefully at some point in the playoffs, I, I know Patrick and Landry are questionable for tomorrow. Um, but yeah, that's been one of the biggest problems is that the Clippers have not been healthy enough for us to even get into, um, the depth of the lineup potential that doc, can go to so as those lineups potentially become more available we'll see if he exercises those but yeah that's one of the things that I'm anxious to see and as you said having Doc in our corner to be able to manage that is definitely a um, definitely a plus Um, the Clippers have over 30 different starting lineups this year and still have the second best net rating in the entire NBA and that is a direct reflection of Doc Rivers and his ability to um, maneuver on the fly. And we've been doing that all year, and it looks like it's going gonna, it's gonna to pay big dividends come playoff time. All right, let's pause for a second, because i got to tell you about my bookie. The Clippers, I mentioned, the second best odds to win the NBA title. You want to bet on the Clippers to win the NBA title? You think that they have a chance to win it? You know they're going to win it? At plus 300, you throw $10 on the Clippers to win. You'll get 30 back if they win. Sports are back. Boy, I am glad. You've got the NBA playoffs. You've got the NFL around the corner. You've got baseball. You've got the hockey playoffs. So many sports. The Champions League final is this coming weekend. So many sports. Soccer, Premier League, kicking back up in September. You want to bet on it. You want to make some money. My bookie has up to the minute odds on all your favorite teams, and it's never been a better time to start playing. With my bookie, it's easy. You bet, you win, they pay. My bookie accepting bets on all these different sports. They've got the in game betting. You think, oh, hey, you know what? I like the Portland Trailblazers perhaps getting seven or eight points against the Lakers in that first round within the first quarter with eight minutes left to go in the first because the line has changed with the Lakers going up early. You go ahead and you put money on that. You can do that at MyBookie. Join today and MyBookie will match your deposit 100%. You heard me, 100% plus they'll toss you a free $10 MLB future wager. All you got to do, enter the promo code HOOPBALL when signing up. That's the promo code HOOPBALL 
when signing up. H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. It's all you got to do. Sign up. They'll match your deposit 100%. You put $50 in, they'll give you $50 as well. Remember, at MyBookie, the terms are simple. You bet, you win, they pay. Yeah, I think for the Clippers, it's just, I mean, you've had over 30 lineups I think the Clippers have tried out. That's the, I think that's the number I saw. Over 30 different starting lineups the Clippers have used this year. So that's going to be tough for Doc to figure it out, and especially, like you said, with the Clippers missing possibly Landry and Pat Bev for this first-round matchup, at least in the first game. We'll see. We have no indication when Pat's going to come back. We've heard nothing, which is very odd. You normally don't have this type of radio silence around someone's injury, but we really don't know the health of Patrick Beverly. And I want to kind of go to the next level, and that is the bubble and the Clippers in the bubble. What's caught your eye the most right now going into this series, knowing, of course, that the Clippers have been without Montrez Harrell and without Lou Williams for part of it, without Pat Beverly? What's caught your eye the most? With the bubble? Yeah. In the bubble? Yeah. I would, um, so I'm going to, I hate to be cliche, but it's the, it's how, how well Kawhi and PG look together. Mm-hmm. And, and, it's cliche, but um, it's obviously the most important thing, especially given the lack of on-court time that they've had this year. And so that's something that it may have been a minor concern, but it is a concern. They've been great on the floor together this year, but they just haven't had the on-court minutes to, uh, to get those reps in. And so throughout these eight seeding games, that's probably the thing that jumped off the page. They look tre- tremendous together. And I couldn't be Kawhi looks to be in peak form. Paul George looks to be treading towards MVP level Paul George from last season. And they're doing it simultaneously and doing it together. And that's probably been the thing that's jumped out to me other than their three point shooting, which has been really good. That's been the thing that's jumped out the most is how great PG and Kawhi have looked and how healthy Kawhi looks. I think we chatted it. We chatted about it on Twitter a little bit during the Denver game mm-hmm. that, I mean, his burst, his burst looks like 2017 Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. And it's like, okay, we're, we're here. We're here. And Paul George looks to be in complete complement of what Kawhi Leonard can do. And so I think that's been the thing, my biggest takeaway. What about yours? Yeah, no, I agree, man. That, that what Kawhi Leonard has done and, the burst he looked like a roadrunner after he stole the basketball and he went half court in an absolute flash and he dunked the basketball it's like okay Kawhi Leonard is healthy and also like you said PG man those shoulders we heard it before that he was in good shape and the shoulders felt better and it really wasn't the case but he said it again during this time off it's really helped him be healthy and he said for the first time I feel 100% and we're seeing it I mean he looks like absolutely lethal from distance and he very well is could be one of the top shooters right now in the bubble. There's no Steph Curry. Paul George is going to be one of the most deadly shooters from three point range in the playoffs. If the Clippers are to win the title, it will be partly because Paul George has been very good from distance. And so that's another thing, Justin, that's caught my eyes. This Clippers team has seemed to go bombs away from three. You've mentioned it time and time again. You want to see Paul George shoot 11 or more threes. I think that is the money spot he makes five or six of those. That's a good 15 to 18 points already on his resume. 
apart from the free throws that he's inevitably going to get. And it sets you up for a very good game from Paul George. So for the Clippers, it seems like three-point shooting is going to be very big in these playoffs, which is not something that I think we were saying five or six months ago, you know? Yeah, and I think I think a lot of that is just because people undersold the shooters on this team. Um, Kawhi is an elite three-point shooter. Um, Patrick Beverly is an elite three-point shooter. Lou Williams shoots really good from three. Um, Marcus Morris in, in New York shot really well from three. Um, they've got a lot of shooters, and my my um my uh my um my opinion on that has always been if you've got the shooters, let it go. Yeah. And Paul George was um Paul George was shooting like nine threes a game, and he was playing under thirty minutes a game. So he gets playoff minutes. I I don't I don't see no reason why someone as talented as Paul George can't get that many threes up. And if he does, it just helps the entire team. Justin, how many minutes do you think Kawhi and PG play? Uh, in Dallas, I don't think you're going to need to use them as much as you would in a series against the Lakers. But ideally, what do you think that happy range is? You think it's between 33 to 35, 36? Yeah, I was going to say about 34 to 35. Um, I wonder. That's another thing that I've liked in the bubble is that Doc is staggering more than ever. And you don't see many times where there's no Paul George or no Kawhi Leonard on the floor. So um, that's kind of what I've liked as well. But th- th- that, that'll be the sweet spot, I think. Anywhere between 34 to like 36, um, I, I'm good with that. That circles back to the Lob City Clippers. We're, we're clamoring for Doc to stagger Blake and CP3, and it seemed like it really never happened. So now he's got the opportunity with PG and with Kawhi to stagger them because you see in the playoffs that if you don't have a go-to score, someone that can get a bucket for you and the Clippers luckily have several of these guys in Lou Williams, Kawhi, PG, you've got Trez, you've guys that can get you buckets. If you don't have one of those guys in the floor, you can really run into this dry spell that can make you lose a playoff game. And I think that's the one thing the Clippers need to be careful of is to make sure you always have a couple of players in the floor that can get you a bucket. Exactly, and and playoff games are won and lost on the margins, and a bad three-minute stretch in the second quarter could be the reason why you lose by five at the end of the game. So you can't you can't trivialize any moment or any minute. Yeah, you know what's funny about this, Justin, is that it really does seem very Clipper that the Clippers would go and win the title here during a season in which there's a bubble. And you got people that saying people start saying, ah, oh, it doesn't really count. It's got an asterisk. And then, of course, Clippers fans, which have been in absolute misery for years under Donald Sterling and just the Lob City Clippers that have just had so much heartbreak for these Clippers fans. And then, of course, you can't go out and celebrate in a parade because there's coronavirus. I mean, it just seems like that would be the most typical ending to this story. I mean, could it have ended any other way? Like no. it's the it's the it's the Clipper story, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that, and not to mention, not to mention, like I was, I used to go to the games in the sports arena. If a championship has to come this way, I'm taking it. Yep. Yeah, I'll take it. However, it comes, I will absolutely take it. Before you go, what do you see the Clippers' path being? Who are they going to face along the way? And uh, who do you like them to face against in the finals if you do have them going there, which I'm assuming you do? 
I do. I do. I'm. I'm. It's looking like I'm. It looks like I see. Obviously, Dallas. Then it'll go Denver, which I think is going to be their toughest series. That's my hot take: is that that's going to be the toughest series. It's going to be Dallas, Denver, and then that other LA team <laughs> in the Western Conference Finals. And then we're going to beat the Bucks in six. We're going to beat the Lakers in five too. You think the Bucks? Face off against Boston or Toronto in that uh, Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, I'm gonna go with Boston. Okay. Yeah, it, that, I think I'm that's the hardest one Boston. to figure out. That's the toughest one to figure out because Toronto's so underrated, and Boston is the one team though that is very well coached along with Toronto, and they've got the guys that can make plays. So I think that's the toughest matchup to figure out. But in general, I think the East is kind of a dumpster fire in the first round. Trying to figure out, <laughs> trying to figure out good matchups, and then even in the Western Conference, man, like it, there was so much hype going into these playoffs. But now you've got Westbrook out, you've got Mike Conley that have just left the bubble. I mean, it just sucks for these teams. I mean, Denver now is an easier path, and for Houston, OKC may, may now have an easier path. That's a series that I'm looking forward to because I think Houston still has that. I, I would still go Houston in that series, hmm. honestly. Um, I think I think I, I, I saw this on I saw this the other day and I agree. I think people are forgetting just how powerful James Harden surrounded by four shooters really is. Yeah. Like you can't stop James Harden from getting to the rim and that alone creates havoc. It's the minutes without Westbrook that um Houston has to worry about, but that's a series I can't wait to watch and get started on as well. Justin, I'm pumped, man. I'm glad to have you on. I'm glad we were able to preview this uh first round matchup. We're going to try and figure out where we can get you on once a week because we'll be having this podcast released, I believe, at least two times a week. Uh, I'll be back again after Wednesday's game to break down game two and look back to game one and see where the Clippers stand going into game three. And hopefully we can get you back again next weekend. Uh, I think the Clippers will go Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. So hopefully after game four, we can uh, break that down and have you on next week. And it's always a pleasure, man. And hopefully next week we can break down the sweep. But I'm ready. I'm here for the run. Let's go. Yes, sir. Let's go. He's Justin Wilson at LA Clippers Film is where you can find him on Twitter. An incredible follow. He knows his hoops. Make sure you follow him. Justin, thanks for joining me, man. Thank you. Thank you. Go Clips. Well, that was Justin Wilson of LA Clippers Film. Love having that guy on and looking forward to having him on throughout this entire playoff run. Hopefully it's a long one. You can follow me on Twitter at BDMarcus. You can follow the podcast at HoopBallClips. And, of course, if you're able to rate and review the podcast, be greatly appreciated. Give us that five-star rating. Review the podcast as well. The more ratings we get, the more reviews we get, the likelier it is for other people to see this podcast. And we continue to try and get great guests on this Hoopball Clippers podcast to make sure you enjoy it as the Clippers try and get that coveted NBA. A title. Like I mentioned, we'll be back again on Wednesday. We'll break down game two. We'll look back to game one and we'll look ahead to game three. A big thank you to you, the listeners, for listening. You're the reason why I do this. Interact with me on Twitter. Love to hear from you at BD Marcus. Until next time, I'm Brandon Marcus and go Clips. Beat the Mavs.
This has been a hoop ball presentation. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.